Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Worship team for leading us in worship this morning. God bless you. Amen. It's so good to see you in church, and it's so good to gather together as God's people. Well, it's a real pleasure uh, this morning to have Pastor Mark Evans uh, this morning. Mark and his wife Lauren are pastors at uh, Influences Atlanta. Uh, Mark and Lauren have served as youth pastors, campus pastors, and are now part of a global leadership team leading innovation and music. Uh, Mark's a passionate preacher of the word and his uh, desire is to disciple and raise leaders. Um, They have uh, three kids, a newborn baby girl called Zara, two boys, Judah and Asher, and it's just been great to be able to meet Mark, get to know him a little bit more, and uh, I know that God is going to speak to us here today because his spirit is here, his presence is here, and I know that Mark's got a word for us uh, this morning. So would you give him a big, 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 warm life welcome as he comes to share the mighty word of God. Amen. Good morning, Life Christian Center. How are you this morning? How good is this? That, that worship was honestly anointed by God. I just, I don't know if you can feel it, but something special is happening in this room. And um, I'm just hearing about all the ground that's being taken next door. Come on, somebody. And just what God's doing. And um, who, who would have thought that out of COVID, out, God's just so good, hey. He's faithful and he's good. And I just, I I sense such an authentic culture for God's presence in this place. And um, I just want to take a moment. um, Thank you for the the hand up here and the warm welcome. But can we just honor Jesus? Um, just, Just for a second, just really just, God, we love you. We thank you. You're the reason we're here. You're the only agenda, God, that we have. God, we step out of the way so that you can have your way. And God, we just enter into your presence. God, it's not just opinions that change our lives. It's the truth that sets us free. We know that your word is more powerful than anything else. So God, we open up our hearts, God, to what you want to say. And so we just, we just, we just thank you. We just honor you in this place. We put you first above everything else. In Jesus' name. Pastor Joe and Lena, I just say, you know, you guys are um, incredible incredible leaders and I just want to truly honor can we just take a moment to honor our pastors and not from an obligation perspective but gen- generally genuinely you guys are generals in this city and you're building a lighthouse church you have an incredible leadership gift and you can feel it in the room I go into rooms and you know lots of different rooms and you can feel things in the spirit and this is good soil and you guys, and, and it is, you don't just, you know, when leadership is impartation more than it is just principles or structures and organizations. And the impartation from your pastors is character, integrity, a undeniable love for God, and just seeing the kingdom expanded. So we just honor you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for the bottle of family sauce. I couldn't believe it. This is when Jeremy, who's one of my good friends, he, he brought a family sauce bottle, and that's when I knew we were going to be friends for life. I was like, I had it this week, actually, in preparation to just get my spirit ready. To, it wasn't just when I worked in this room. I felt the culture from that bottle of sauce. Come on. And um, 
Oh, we just we had a we had a great time, and it was it's funny. We we argue about is it cavatelli or is it chigiadelli, and we we talk about this. We we agree to disagree on that. I keep ordering the cavatelli just to annoy him, and um, I just love Luke Morocco. Went to primary school with Luke. What a champion, a legend. Ah, oh, just feels like family. Come on, feels like family. Speaking of family, would you welcome my wife to church? <laughs> Three kids. Hey, babe, Zara. And uh, so much applause, it's amazing. No, um, three kids, that's why she's late. <laughs> Anyone with three kids says amen, and you know, you know what it's like, but we just have, and what is she, 14 weeks, babe? 15. She's nearly four months. Who knows? Who cares? I'm not sleeping, and neither is she, and it doesn't matter. She's a beautiful girl who's a miracle. We prayed for her, and we have two older boys, as Pastor Joe said, Asha and Judah, he's five, and the other one is almost two. So two under two? Whew. Let's go, somebody. We just, we've been in the States for nine years. Um, quick stuff about us. We moved to the States for nine years, and, uh, nine years ago, and we come back six months ago. Um, yes, we did the quarantine with two kids and a pregnant lady, and I recommend that to everybody. You've got to try it. It is a blast. Um, if you get a chance to quarantine, yeah, it's so good. We, I think we finished Netflix, the whole, like finished it, just said, you finished this. Like, watch again? Question? No, I, not sure that's a good thing, but it was, uh, it, was, it was fun. We love Australia. Obviously, we love Adelaide, born and raised here. Um, the food, I've obviously already mentioned that, but we just the best food in the world, right? The absolute, America, the worst food in the world, right? And is this on live stream? <laughs> Edit that, because I love my American family, but man, you need to up your game with the food. And the coffee is depresso, and... Um, <laughs> Dad jokes, three, they just come naturally when you're a dad. It's just like, bam, bam, there it is. So you'll get that today, but you know, there's, it's just, it's cool. We're doing what God's work is in America and we love it and we didn't really understand it nine years ago, but now it kind of is pretty evident of why we're there. And um, I just want to encourage people, you know, maybe a dream at the beginning, it doesn't make sense of why. But it's not, it's about stepping out in faith and God will show you why it makes sense. And that just, if you think about it, pray for that country. That country is in a, in, in, it's in a state that needs God more than ever before. And um, I just want you to just keep praying for us. If you think of us, send us sauce, whatever you need to do. Um, just all meat pies or chicken salt. They don't have any of those things. We're missionaries. Third world country over there. I'll tell you what. No. Nah, um, but seriously... Thank you. <laughs> um, that's good. I like this. This is fun. This is fun. No, we're going to get serious. If I can tell you a bit of a, um, a bit of a, I guess, a story about the last year for us and just be a bit vulnerable. You know, it feels like family and I just felt to kind of share this story to encourage somebody who's going through something. Like Pastor Joe jumped out of worship and he just nailed it on the head. Basically could have preached my whole message right there. Um, but I'm going to see a victory. Someone needs to know that God will finish what he started. You need to know that it might look like you've got Pharaoh's army at the back, the Red Sea in front, and there's no way out, but God will finish what he started. He will finish what he started. And a year ago, we went through a, a real tough season. We found out, um, we were super pumped. We found out we were pregnant, um, expecting a child. And at the beginning of the year, we were about to open up a, a, a new campus that God had been speaking to us about and take new ground. And um, we were also about to sign a record deal with a label out of LA and all these great things happening. I, I'd made a little bit of money from Disney stocks. Come on, somebody. And um, it was good. It was good. And then about, you know, 
three months down the track, we actually found out, sadly, that we had a miscarriage and we lost that baby. And um, man, it's just like, oh, punch. And it wasn't just the first miscarriage, it was the second miscarriage. And I don't know if you've been through that, anyone's been through that. It's not only heartbreaking, but when it happens more than once, you start to worry and you start to wonder. And um, we're in that place of like wrestling, you know, God's good, but just it was a gut punch. And then COVID happens, the campus launch was right on the week of COVID. Of course it was. And uh, shuts down and that kind of doesn't, doesn't happen. And then the, then the phone calls that was ha- coming from the labels stop, the phone stops ringing. And so we were there, and, and of course, COVID, Disney Park shut down, so guess where my money went? <laughs> Nowhere. We're at that place, and it's just like punch after punch after punch after punch, and I'm just like, God, what's going on? This is, this is hurting. This is, you know, we're waiting, and I know what your promises are, and I know, you know, what you say in your word, that like in Romans 8, verse 26 to 28, it says, we, for those who love God, all things work together. I'll read the whole thing. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And I was feeling weak. And we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You need to understand that God is so good that when we don't have the words, he intercedes on that level for us. When we don't know what to say, when, we, when we're just at the end of ourselves, in our weakness, in our brokenness, God is into the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groaning stuff. Man, God is good. And he's, he who searches the heart knows that what the, is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, come on, all things work together for good for those who are called according to to his purpose. He will finish what he started. He will redeem the time that was lost. He will heal the memories of your disappointments. This is our God. And now I stand here a year a bit later and I have a precious daughter and we were able to fall pregnant straight away again and it was perfectly healthy and she's a miracle and put an end to the worrying and the wondering and God is good. His promises are yes and amen. We opened the campus and bought the building that we were just leasing from about two weeks ago. We signed a record deal back in November and I didn't make my money back. (laughs) But God is good. And we stand here as an encouragement to you that I don't know where you are and it might be a one-year season, it might be a 20-year season and maybe you've been waiting and waiting and wondering and wondering and where is the answer, God? He will finish what he started. You need to know that your spirit needs to hear that this morning. See, the danger is when waiting becomes wondering and wondering becomes worrying. The Bible says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. God is working in the waiting. God is working in the waiting. And my message this morning, its title is The Waiting Game. The Waiting Game. Because what we do in the waiting matters. What we do in the waiting matters whether we choose to believe or whether we choose for, or whether we choose to allow the doubts to get into our soul and affect our mind and our thoughts it matters and guard your heart because in the waiting how you wait it matters the waiting game my son Judah Brave he's five years old and we're driving in the car the other day and you know um when um are we there yet stops being cute get to that time and, and the, when the, are we there yet? And you're like, oh, look, they're saying it like the ads. And then it's like, all right, it's been a year now, Judah Brave. 
are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I just turned to him and said, Judah, just wait, cut it out, be patient. Just as I turned around the corner, Adelaide Roadworks. I, th- I think every possible orange cone in South Australia was in front of me, massive lines. And I'm just told, I've just given my son a lesson in patience and he's out to, about to see how patient his dad is. Some reason, I reckon it's the end of the financial year, but is there not more roadworks right now than ever? Come on, that'll preach. We, just, we can pray about that right now and be done. No. The truth is in that moment, I realized it's not just Judah who struggles with patience, it's his dad too. We all struggle with patience. We hate waiting. I hate waiting. It's against our nature. Some people say, oh, I don't mind waiting too much. I'm kind of a patient. But they're the same people you see at Coles counting the lines to find the closest one. They're the same. They have never, ever seen a microwave hit zero. You know what I'm saying? Like we all against our nature, waiting is against our nature. But it seems like we're always waiting. When I was young, I couldn't wait to get out my high chair. Couldn't wait for Christmas Day, my birthday. Couldn't wait to get my license. Couldn't wait to get married. Jesus, please don't come back before I get married. Couldn't wait to have kids. Couldn't wait to buy a house. Can't wait for my kids to leave. (laughs) Can't wait to retire. Come on, it seems like there's always this season. It's not like it just applies to some of us. All of us struggle with the waiting game. Feeling like we're constantly in limbo. Feeling that tension. I think part of the problem is, is we're taught this destination mentality. And I don't think God has a destination mentality. When I read the Bible, I see a lot of language that suggests a direction mentality, not a destination mentality. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth and the life. David says, he is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. This language is the image of journey. But so often the waiting, is, is half of the issue is it's our perception of God. It's not a waiting, it's part of the journey, it's part of the maturing. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, when you're in the waiting season, because in it, it's producing perseverance so that you are mature, complete, lacking nothing, James 1 verse 2. This is part of the journey that God has designed. And I think some of the problem is that we see the waiting as delay, not design. Don't hate the weight, mate. Don't hate the weight. God is working in the waiting. There's purpose to the waiting. Every time that we, we found out that we were pregnant, something happens to my wife. She gets into this nesting instinct, um, what do I want to call it? Frenzy. And every wall needs to be painted. And the garage needs to be cleaned 17 times. And the this, make this chair, make this table. Anyone know what I'm saying? And it's just like, after a while, I'm like, babe, I'm good with it for the beginning. And then I, so after about three months, I'm like, I'm putting my foot down. I, I'm done with all the renovating. I'm done putting my foot down. So the next day, I'm in the basement sanding another chair. And God speaks, God speaks to me that the nine-month wait of when you're waiting for a child, it's not without purpose. The purpose is, catch this, that we keep what we reap. Because most people don't keep what they reap because they see the waiting as delay, not design. But the wait is designed to increase our capacity, somebody. To increase our capacity so that we are ready and that we can keep what we reap. Don't despise delay. Don't hate the wait, mate. 
Jacob in the Bible in Genesis 28, he um, has a dream at Bethel. God gives him this dream and he starts out on this journey straight after this dream. He's, in, he's, in, he's invigorated. He's, he's just like, oh, I'm ready. I've got to have clarity. I've got a vision. I've got my promise. Here I go. And he steps out and he walks and the first place he goes to is Paddan Aram. And Paddan Aram is where he encounters Laban, his uncle, and he, and he meets this girl, this woman called Rachel. And he's like, man, I, I'm in love with this girl. I, how does she be? Like, let's make this happen. And he talks to Laban about it. He says, what do I got to do? He's like, if you will work for me for seven years, if you'll do seven years of labor for me, then I'll give you Rachel as your wife. So he does. He works for seven years. And then the day comes where he goes to the altar and there's this veil over her face and she's walking down and she gets the altar. You may kiss your bride. They're now married. And boom, it's not Rachel. It's in fact Leah. And he's tricked and deceived after seven years of waiting for her. So it's not just about the wait. It was that when he got to the point of where he thought it was going to happen, it didn't happen. More than that, he was deceived, betrayed, I don't know if you've ever felt like you were working for someone else's dream for so long and just waiting and praying and hoping for your dream. And then when the day finally comes, you're just discouraged, disappointed, betrayed. This is where Jacob was. What a waste. What a waste. He has to work another seven years. He makes the agreement with his uncle Laban. He works seven more years. And then finally, he's now married to not only Leah, but he's married to Rachel. And one day God showed me this as I was reading like this. And I'm like, yeah, God, what a waste. Why? What is the purpose of this? It's just one of those things where you just got to get over it and deal with it. And, you know, kind of people are people and they hurt you and you just got to deal with it. Or, God, what what was the purpose? And he said to me, Mark, I was still working in the waiting. I've always been working in the waiting even when you thought it was a waste because what happened through Leah is Judah was born to Jacob through Leah. Judah was given to Jacob through his marriage to Leah. And even though Jacob said, I don't want this season, I don't want this disappointment, I don't want this discouragement, God was giving him what he needed through something that he didn't want. And I think so often... When we see the perspective of the trial is God is trying to get us what we don't even know we need through something that we don't want. And that's why it's so important that we don't miss it. Judah would later go on to be one of the greatest tribes, one of the greatest leaders. He would go for Israel for the whole tribe. He would become the breakthrough that would go up first on a constant basis. And he almost missed it through despising the delay. And so often we can miss the breakthrough that God wants to give us, the gift that God wants to give us, the the very thing that he wants to give us because we see the waiting, not through his eyes, but our own impatient eyes. And we miss exactly what he's trying to do. Hello, Mark speaking. That's okay. God is never late. Never late. The other day I was texting my mum. She was on the way back to the US and she sent me this message. She said, you know, I was saying, love you, mom. See you soon. She's like, I'll miss you, my previous son. And I was looking at the message like, oh, dear, this is, is this permanent? I really hope she meant precious. I really hope she meant precious. And I don't know what it is about mums that have the anointing of autocorrect. Anyone else's mum? It's just some reason you get these messages and you're just like this kind of code you have to decipher. It's like... 
I don't Nintendo. I don't intend to, mum. What what's going on? And I don't know, my mum, I, I found this other conversation with a mum that I thought was pretty funny. Have a look at this one. Hey, mum, American mum, is there anything at home to eat? I'm starving. Sure, love, I have that pasta from last week in the bottom of the freezer in the garage. I'm calling the police. I'm telling you, just a little bit off and it can be a lot off. You know what I'm saying? And as funny as that is, in the middle of the waiting, what, I'm call, what I want to call today auto-incorrect can happen. In the middle of the waiting, it's so easy for frustration, catch this, and worry and disappointment to obscure and erode the truths of God and auto-corrects in our spirit. And we hear, that we hear the truth of God and we hear the promise of God and we hear it just as something else and we take it the wrong way. And it's so easy for our soul to interfere with the truths. And auto incorrect, but Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than double any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirits, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Can I say, not, God is not only late, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait of popular opinion. Don't take the bait of soulish remedies. Stick in the word of God, the only truth that will set us free and let it divide between what is soul and spirit. This is so important in the wait. Because in the middle of the wait, things are confusing. Things aren't as they seem. Think oh, the, the truth of God. Yes, God, I know you're true. But then you start to having doubt and worry comes in and your soul. The word of God is alive and active. It divides between soul and spirit. It's the thing that keeps us on track. And that's why it's not just something we come and hear on a Sunday. It's something that is, it's like, you know, when you, when you eat it, I, I have this, this, this thought and this thing I say to people. I say, you've got to have word breath. You've got to have word breath. When I eat a meal and it's laced with garlic, people know what I've been eating. My wife certainly does. Mark, what's with your breath? The reality is, is what you consume on a daily, it matters. And people can tell. And the question is, when you go into a conversation, when you are giving people advice, what, what's coming out? What is often what you're consuming? And if we want to help people around us, help our families, lead better lives, even help us, like what we have to do is you have to get so in the word, meditate on it day and night, be careful to do everything written in it, the Bible says, because this is how we live successful lives, is when we submit our feelings, our disappointment, our discouragement to the word of God and say, God, this is truth. I recognize, I'm aware that in the moments of struggle and waiting, it's easy for those truths to be misinterpreted, for our soul to interfere. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Don't take the bait. Soulish remedies, don't take the bait. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word wait is in, in the original is quavar. Wait, to quavar meaning to lean in with anticipation, eager anticipation. See, the posture of waiting isn't one of, of passivity. 
It's one of leaning in. The, the image of, of to wait upon the Lord, not to wait upon the, the circumstance or the destination or the, the thing to happen, but to wait upon the Lord. See, this is the correct posture that God... It's the, it's the image of a, of a runner at a starting block. God, in your timing, I'm not going to force the gun. I'm not going to have a false start here, but God, in your timing, when that gun goes off and when you're ready and you say so, God, I'm going to wait upon you. And when I hear that, bam... God, I'm going to run. I'm going to run with perseverance. I'm going to run and I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to follow your way. Those who wait upon the Lord. Quavar is a powerful image of how we should live our lives in the waiting game. It's the same picture of Elijah as he waits for rain. God promises him that the the drought is going to break and just day after day after day, it says that the the place he was in, the image of him waiting is this, what they call this Israeli birthing position and without going too much into it, it's like that quavar waiting upon the Lord and as soon as he sees the cloud, the size of the man's fist, the Bible says he just takes off running. God is going to come through for you. It might not be on day one, day two, but there is a purpose in the wait. It's increasing our capacity. Don't take the bait. Don't try and figure it out, force it to happen. So many times, like, I don't know about you, but I, I just, I'm a creative thinker and a, I love problem solving things. And when there's issues, I want to try and fix it. Anyone like me? You want to find your way back? I want to, I want to provide for my family. I'm a, but God is our provider. And I struggle with that wrestle of that tension of provider and God's and trusting God. And when I'm in that place, when I'm in that, like the fix it attitude, the solve it attitude, you know what I've found is the only way to truly fix it is to fix your eyes on Jesus. The only thing that we should be fixing is, the, is our eyes upon Jesus. So many times we're, not, we, we're fixed upon the problem. Our eyes are fixed on the issue. We're trying to fix it in every way we can. But man, we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Like a bow, if you imagine the image of a bow being pulled back, the, the tension of that, the further it's pulled back, the, the longer it's held steady, the, the more that we hold and persevere, the further and more accurate it will fly. Some of you are in that zone right now where you're, you're wrestling with, do I do this? Do I go here? Do I make this happen? Some of you are dealing with great grief and disappointment and discouragement and doubt. God will finish what he started. Don't hate the wait. Don't take the bait. God is never late. And my final encouragement and prayer for you this morning is Romans 4, verse 18 to 22. Against all hope. It's an incredible story. But Abraham and Sarah, and I don't know, you know, even the story I shared, if if you're struggling to have a child this morning, I just believe God wants to just encourage you this morning. It's not too late. It's never too late. God's got it under control. Don't worry. He loves you. And I I believe something could happen right now, a healing this morning. Even even as you choose to believe these truths, I know it's hard. I know doubt and things happen along the way. It certainly was how we were feeling a year ago. But man, God is good and He loves you so much and He wants the best for you. So this verse is for you, this encouragement, this prayer. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. That That was the... ticket of admission to the promised land too it's just he believed 
just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening, without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded, did not waver without weakening, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. See, faith is being sure, being certain of what we do not see. And if you're right in the middle of the waiting, can I encourage you, do not weaken. Resist doubt. Don't waver. Be fully persuaded this morning in your heart. Believe in your heart. Believe again. Believe again that God has the power to do what He's promised. He loves you so much. He's got a great plan for your life. And I know it's hard. And I know my my little struggle is only small compared to most. But it matters to God. It matters deeply to God what you're going through in this waiting that you might be experiencing. And even I just, I just feel like there are people here and just Holy Spirit's just speaking to me right now. There's maybe dreams that have been spoken. I'm talking like even 20 years ago that you're still yet to and you, you've, you're right on the edge of going, you know what, maybe that wasn't me. Maybe I got it wrong. And I just believe God wants to breathe into that again and say, you didn't get it wrong. You didn't hear wrong. There was an 18-year prison term. With, there was, there's times where waiting extends out for more than just one season. God wants you to know that He's still with you right now. He's still with you in the fire and He's not going to leave you. And this is more than a nice quote to put on the wall, but if you'll choose to believe it in your heart and switch in and not waver and be fully persuaded, He's, he's here for you this morning. I just believe things can change in an instant, in a moment. But He's also with you for the journey. Never leave you. He'll never forsake you just with no one looking around, just with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I just want to pray. If that's you, you know, you know in this place, if that's you and I'm speaking to you and Holy Spirit right now is talking to you about the waiting season, the discouragement, the disappointment, the the doubt, the worrying, the wondering. If you've experienced any of that, if that's the place you're in right now, I just want to pray and I just want to just release you from that. And as, as we make a decision to agree with this prayer, I just believe the Holy Spirit's going to rush in. He's going to strengthen things again. He's going to help you to give you the faith. It's a gift, the faith to help you believe again, despite what it looks like. So if that's you, I just want you in your heart just to respond to God. Just, you know, if it's you, you know, if you're responding, just make a conscious decision and say, yep. God, this is me. This prayer is for me. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with this prayer. So Holy Spirit, I just lift up every single person that's right now in the middle of the waiting. God, right now is discouraged. God, disappointed. I just speak against that and I speak life in the name of Jesus. I speak new life, God, and new faith in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you would strengthen. God, you says that we will rise up on weagles in you, will renew and strength, that we will not be weary. I speak against weariness. I speak against tiredness in the name of Jesus. And I call out, God, a whole new faith and a whole new season, a whole new era, a whole new perspective, God, on the waiting right now. God, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're good all the time. And God, even when we don't understand it, we just, we resist the temptation. God, to be pulled into a soulish outlook and we, God, we embrace 
your word, your truth. God, set us free in Jesus' name. God, I pray for the circumstances that there would be a quickening and acceleration because of this agreement. God, I pray there would be a quickening and acceleration right now to outcomes, things that are even immediate uh, needs, even medically. God, I just pray right now, healing in the name of Jesus. God, we know You can do it. We know, God, that it's faith that sees it happen. And so, God, we just speak faith into the atmosphere right now. In Jesus' name, we, we just hold upon the truths of God. And God, we intercede, Lord, as the Holy Spirit intercedes. You are working everything together for good. And like you intercede for us, God, we pray right now. Just do it again. We choose to believe again in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Just with no one looking around still and just every head bowed, eyes closed. You know, the number one thing that you need in your life is a, is a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. We cannot live this life alone. We cannot figure it out, make it work Though we may try, it's always just, it's just not right. It's not, we can't make it work. We need Jesus. And if you found yourself in this place this morning and you're like, man, I've been trying to make it work myself. I've, I've kind of drifted in my relationship with God. Maybe you've never had a real life-giving relationship with God. This morning is your morning. Another opportunity right here to include Him in your life. If that's you or if you've drifted, you find just busyness happens, things happen in life and you get distracted and your eyes get pulled off of Him and onto the stuff. I just, I just want to encourage you this morning, if you would pray this prayer with me and, and correct and invite Jesus back into the center as number one, He'll change your life. All things that are old will be made new right now in Jesus' name. So if that's you in this place, just with no one looking around, what I'm going to ask you to do is lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me, just so I can see it and then you can put it down. I'm going to pray for you right now. And upon that confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart, the Bible says, like we were singing, call upon His name and you'll be saved. So if you're in this place and you know, like the prodigal son, you kind of drifted off trying to make it work yourself, man, the Father's arms right now are wide open. If you'll just say, yeah, I'm coming home. It's time to come home. I know it's time to come home. On the count of three, just lift up your hand. I'll see it. You can put it down. One, two, three. Just lift it up. Say, yep, 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 yep. Man, so many, so many hands. Thank you so, so much for your response. Not me. It's God loves you so much. Too many hands to count. But I'll just say this right now. Like that act of faith as we pray this prayer, the drift stops this morning. Maybe it's your first time making this decision, man. Best decision you'll ever make in your life. But as we pray this prayer, I just want you, as we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we're saved. So come on, just pray this prayer together with me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord, be my friend. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate what an awesome, awesome moment in heaven that is right now. Come on, really, let's just celebrate. Thank you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to sing. I'm going to see a victory. And as we sing this, I want to encourage you just declare faith over that circumstance. Whatever it is we've been praying for this morning, just begin to sing that over. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, man, let's do it.
you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We just worship you, Father God. We glorify you, Jesus. We just exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, Father. We exalt you, Father. We exalt you, Father. What a great thought. God is going to finish what he started. It's that scripture that uh, means so much to me, Philippians 1.6, being confident. He who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise that some of us need to get a hold of, that he will finish what he started in you and in me. And I don't know about you, but I hate the waiting. You know that. And But, you know, God does some of his greatest work in our lives in that waiting season. What a powerful word. And Father, I just thank you for this word, Lord God, that I just pray that it's going to be deposited in our hearts, Lord God, for those of us that may be in a waiting season, Lord God, that we're not going to get distracted, not do something that's going to sabotage the work that you're going to do, in, that you're doing in our lives, Lord God. Be exalted and lifted high. Use us for your glory this week, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You have an awesome week and we'll see you next week. Amen.